0: Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with a special episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. In this episode of the show, we're going to talk about my first session running Wild Beyond the Witchlight. I talked a bit about how I was preparing for my session zero for Wild Beyond the Witchlight. We had that session zero, and we had our first full session of Wild Beyond the Witchlight with the characters that we made that was last night. So I thought it would be fun to do a show where we talk about what that what the session 0 was like and what the first session was like and then talk about where I plan to go from here and what my general and what my general thoughts are. I really love this adventure. I'm having I'm having a very good time. And if you watch the first episode, which I recommend you do, you'll know that I had some ideas for some changes that I wanted to and in- drop in what I'm referring to as dreadful incursions. These are areas where the domain of dread has sort of collided with Prismere and with the, the realm where the carnival is. And I thought that that would be a fun way to be able to take two books, the Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft and Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and kind of mash them together. I also thought it'd be a good opportunity to give the characters some options for combat, and they got them, and they were they were happy they were happy to do so. So that worked really well, but it had a slightly unintended effect that we're going to talk about uh, that we're going to talk about today. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Thank you to the patrons of Sly Flourish, and thanks to the patrons of Sly Flourish I'm able to do shows like this, pay for all the equipment I need, pay for bandwidth, pay for all the servers and infrastructures and everything that are required to do this, so thank you very much to the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you would like to help support shows like this, you can become a patron of Sly Flourish yourself. You get access to all kinds of exclusive material, exclusive guidelines, previews of upcoming things, previews of upcoming videos, and a access to the monthly Q&A that I go through on the D&D, on the, the, the Lazy DMs, lazy D and D talk show. So it's a great community there. Oh, and you get access to a discord, a discord channel, dedicated discord channel, just for patrons. So it's a great way to kind of get connected with the lazy DM community. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about what's going on. I made a little uh, list today and I thought I'd start by, this is kind of fun on Thursdays. One of the things I do every Thursday is I try to come up with some DM tips, some D and D tips. These are tips intended for dungeon masters. They go out to Twitter every day. So every day, if you're on my, if you're following my my Twitter account, you get a tip that I put in. The interesting thing is those tips are automa- not automated, they're semi-automated. I come up with seven of them each week and then I, I batch them out so they come out later on. So these probably won't come out for like a month and a half. But I thought it would be kind of fun. And, th- and the way I do them is I do these tips the day after I have a game. So I run a game. I have thoughts about how that game went. Kind of, I, I ponder the game and think about things that I hope are generally good advice, and then uh, put them out there. And I've never done it live before, so we're going to do it right now. Right? This would be very exciting. So, what are some tips from yesterday? The, yesterday's game, and we we do seven of these. Right? You think like, why not ten? It's because we do one for each day of the week. Five, six, seven. All right. Whoops. Five. One two three four five six seven. There we go. So a, a lot of time, and you, this, you're going to see this, this is going to be exciting. This is going to be exciting on the air because you get to watch me do this. For the podcast crew, you can't really enjoy that. You basically get to watch me sit and stare at the ceiling while I ponder how things went, and you know try to turn that into something that is useful. So what are what are what are some of the what are some of the things that happened? Happened in the last game. So I got I got a big one. I got riveting. Shazam says, that's riveting. Yeah, you get to watch me think, right? Live stream me thinking. But I did remember listening to a live streamer who once said that you could do your income tax on uh, Twitter, on Twitch, and people would love to sit and watch you do it. So you're going to watch me think. But uh, I got a first one, which is to broadcast clearly... Or how about this? And you got to like go through and think like, is that let the players... No, when it's safe and not safe to split the party, right? So this is a good example. In, in the carnival itself, most of the time it's okay to split the party, but there are probably times where you don't want to, and sometimes it might be a pain in the ass. So just tell them, right? Like I think that a lot of time, this is just a game, right? Don't worry about in character, out of character, in game, out of game. We're just playing a game, right? Remember that it's a game and do what you need to do to make that game run smoothly, right? Remember, so let's try, let's see if that's a tip. Remember, it's just a game. Do what you need to do in or out of character to keep the game running smooth, smoothly. Do what you need to do, comma. In or out of character to keep the game running smoothly. So one thing I, I often do is one tip will lead to the next. And that's an example where one tip leads to the next. The first one says, let the players know when it's safe and not safe to split the party. Right? The next one is saying, remember, it's just a game. Do what you need to do in or out of character to keep the game running smoothly. Those are actually kind of the same thing. One is actually a broader version of the uh, the second one. So that so that's, uh, uh, Luboffin is here. Hey, welcome. Good, good, good to see you. Thank you for coming tonight. It's a weird night, Thursday night, right? Thursday night, seven o'clock? I don't even know what time it is. All right, so what's another, what's something else that happened in the game that would make, that makes for a good tip? So this is kind of a big one. Consider carefully how you treat, Then I'm gonna get this out and it's gonna suck, right? How you treat the theme of the adventure, the scene, the adventure, and the campaign. Small, what, small what? Small broadcasts, small changes can have big effects. Consider carefully how you treat the theme of the scene, the adventure, and the campaign. Small changes can have big effects. Does that make sense? People know what I'm saying? That's a little vague. And what I'm trying to say is like, if if you're running a bloody horror if you do a scene that's like a bloody horror filled scene th- that scene doesn't exist on its own right a scene isn't independent of the rest of the campaign it affects it affects the theme of the overall adventure that you're on right now the session the adventure and and, and can affect the campaign you can't you can't have one scene that has like a different feeling than everything else and it stands independently right so You could reference Sean Merwin's favorite unity of effect. Everything in the scene should reinforce the theme and tone of the adventure. Yeah, uh, let's do that. Let's make that a second one, right? From Sean Merwin. We'll do a good old M dash there. From Sean Merwin's idea of the unity of effect. This is a good one. Thank you for bringing that up. Everything in a scene should reinforce and does reinforce right the theme and tone of the adventure right and i'm adding the and does because it might have an unintended everything in a scene it might have you might unintend, you might not intend to reinforce something that you are reinforcing because of what goes on in the scene from Merman's idea of the unity of effect everything in a scene should and does reinforce the theme and tone of the adventure. Sure, I think that's okay. Another thing is like, I'm not too picky about these, right? I do one every day. I don't need to sit and like edit the hell out of them. Uh, I just hammer out seven and then I'm good to go. I need my water. All right, three to go. What else happened in the game? Check in your players each session. Make sure they're happy with the direction things are going. make sure they're happy with the things with the direction things are going. So you know at the end of it, yeah, is everybody happy with the way things are headed, right? Anybody have any concerns about the way things are going, right? That I did that and that worked out. that was fine. And people are happy with it. What other So something about when you when you abstract your secrets, it's important to like foreshadow the right details to the right character or drop in the right details of the right character to tie to tie things together. That's a little vague. That doesn't make any sense. And what am I bringing up? So the example was I tracked which of the by the way this this podcast is going to be filled with Wild beyond the witchlight spoilers. So be ready. If you're watching this or listening to this and you are planning to play in while beyond the witchlight, I suggest you stop. You stop listening. I'm sorry. This is not this is not for you. And so one of the things is there's the three the three thieves at the at the carnival are tied to the three hags and each of them each of those three thieves stole something from one or more of the characters. So you kind of give a character the thing like they see one of the thieves and they're like holy cow I think I've seen that person before. They have memories that they've seen that person before. And right and that was like a strong thread, right? to tie the story to a particular character, a thing that was stolen by a person that's connected to another person. I don't know how, to, I don't know how that turns into a tip, though. Put Encounter there, either replacing Scene or Coming Forward. I, for some reason, so you're, you're right. The nomenclature in D&D is, is Encounter, right? And I know it's the fixed Encounter. I have trouble with it because I think Combat Encounter when I think Encounter. I don't know why. It's third edition, fourth edition stuff. So I tend to use Scene. And you're right, like I'm not using the right term, but it's the term that, you know, it's the term that, that I kind of like. So I know you're right, but sorry. What else? Uh, so how do, I, how do I tie that together? Use secrets, tie together characters and, and NPCs with the shared secrets that connect them ah man that doesn't make any sense that's a bad one all right let's let's try to break from that a second and think about other things so one thing is like no i guess know which clues are vital and be ready to drop them in in many different places right so this is the idea that like you know you you want to make it clear that there's another group operating inside of the Carnival that witch and light don't want to reveal. They they ignore them and they don't want them revealed, and that they work for them. Well, you know that's going to come up, and and you know that there's different places they could come up, but you don't have to. You can let them come up wherever you want them to. You just want to make sure that you know that that's a vital thing. You know that that's a vital thing, and you know that they that you need to be ready to drop that in lots of different places. And I, you know, I had it where I think I did it the way the book did where the unicorns told them, but it could have been somebody else, right? It could have been, it could have been anybody else. So I, I'm also going to go with like the lean, lean in on sharing too many secrets instead of too few, or maybe we'll just, we'll tighten this up a bit and just say, share, share too many secrets instead of too few, right? That's pretty good i like that one yeah all right so those are seven good tips you just watch me do my tips and they are those are gonna go out on twitter and they will go out some other time right these are are they all great and eh, they're okay some of them some of them are fine some are okay that's fine and that's the way it works right and i get feedback sometimes people get it sometimes people don't some get popular some are not that's cool but we did that boom so let's talk about the theme so i mentioned I think I I one of the things that was was not very clear to me one of the things that was not very clear to me when I began witchlight was how important the theme was and it took me by surprise during my session 0 when I ran the session 0 and we were building our characters together and we were building the connections and 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 tying things together and I started to describe the adventure itself everybody fell into the theme. That that the theme of whimsy, the theme of kind of humor and fun. Everybody was kind of on board with that. And it it, it just occurred to me like how different it felt than Frost Maiden, which we had just finished like the week previous, right? And how different the theme was between those two. And I was like that is such it, it was a big deal, right? And I think it's like the artwork and the situations and the scenes and everything like that. like it all reinforced this this central theme of like whimsy, right? The theme of whimsy. And it was it shocked me, right? It shocked me how easily we fell into it and how strongly it, it worked. And, and I think it really worked. But I've I, then in my second session, which I ran yesterday, we ran our session zero and then we ran our first session, or, and, and I dropped some things into the first session that were not full of whimsy, but were full of a little bit of dread, right? And and it, was, it, and it changed the theme of the whole session and maybe the whole chapter and maybe the whole adventure by just dropping in these other things. And that took me by surprise too. And I shouldn't have been surprised by either of these, but I was. And th- th- it was really interesting how like the characters stopped trusting the whimsy of the carnival the minute they faced one of those dreadful incursions, right? The minute that happened and they saw something and they went, hold, that's serious, right? That's serious stuff. And then they close and they're like, yeah, but we know it happened. What was that? And I don't trust. And now it was our witch and light behind that. What is this place we're in? Right. And it got really sinister and it stayed sinister. And I felt like, yikes you know was that a problem one person you know rithio says does the effect on the theme make you reconsider the dreadful incursions maybe i'm not sure i'm not ready to let them go yet right and now i've done it so i've done it but i'm also i still like the idea it's just it's an interesting angle to it and 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 it is going to change the theme of the adventure and i have to consider how it's changing how it's changing that theme and i'll and i'll talk about that when i when i dig into it a little bit but it was really something that took me by surprise twice in two sessions, right? And it's because we're early on and we're just getting to know things. Something else that my, my wife kind of mentioned, which is like, we have a bunch of adult players and they play at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday night, 7 to 10. So they've all been working all day. And, the, you know, they're bringing some cynicism to the game, right? And the, I had like this joke cynic- cynical box, right? But like some of the characters played by some of the players were moody. And these are players who are like into their, they know how to role play. They're good. They're great fun. They're great fun players. Right. But they were like role playing. Their character is like, you know, untrustworthy and kind of sinister. And like, it was funny because they had like just gone through some stuff. They just faced the incursion. They saw, you know, they saw one of the thieves and they recognized it. So that's one of the thieves. And then they said, we're going on to that mind cart. The, mine, the mind, the mind, the, the mind mine cart, right? And he goes, "I just go over and I walk over and I sit in a cart and I just cross my arms and wait for the ride to go," right? And everyone was kind of laughing about it. And and you know, and then I was like, "You know, that's one of the scariest rides in the place and you just did a scary thing. Two downward beats, right? Downward beat number 1 facing this dreadful incursion. Downward beat number 2 going through that that tunnel, right? And I ended up reinforcing again the dreadful incursions in the tunnel in the in the mine tunnels that the the mine cart ride that they went on. So that was really that was interesting but let's let's so you know these are all sort of observations that i've had when i when i was running this but let's take a look at the characters themselves so i'm going to go to my witch light i'm going to my witch light notion notebook this is all done in notion if you are unfamiliar with notion and somebody wants to uh, hit that hit the bang notion in the twitch it will give you the link and tell you all about notion thank you Sunjammer. you're the best so uh, let's take a look at the characters so the characters oh it's so great right and then my wife came up with this and it was so it was so great the idea that they the the way the characters are connected is that they all joined a, a a help group a support group, and the support group is known as the Witchlight Ticketless Foundation, right? The WTF, and there's only the six of them in this foundation, and they've now been together for, for at least you know, at least eight years and and years previous to this. Because they all realized they all lost something at the carnival, right? Over over their lives, they all recognized that they met other people who lost something at the carnival when they went into the carnival without a ticket. And one of the things that one of the characters lost... So here are the characters. And let's see, I can go to my gallery view so you can see nice pictures of each of them. Although, uh, So we have uh, Timothy Sprout. Timothy Sprout is a... What is it? The rabbit, the rabbit folk. A herringon. He is a... I think he's a rogue... Is he a rogue? Uh, he is a ranger, right? And he lost that his his family. His family lost something. He didn't lose it, but his family lost all memory of him. So even though he's one of the only Herringon in the Forgotten Realms, because there's not a lot of Harrigan in the Forgotten Realms, his family doesn't remember them, and they're like, "You get out of here, stranger." And he's like, "What do you mean, stranger? I'm the only other Herringon you've ever met." And they're like, "We don't know why that is, right?" So he he lost that. Kolshek Zanim is a tiefling barbarian and Kolshek lost uh, a bracelet of his father, but it has more of a connection. He lost his father's bracelet that matters, that matters a lot to him, a token, a token of his, of his homeland, right? And, but he's a big strapping fella and was more than happy to fight, to fight some stuff. Tarch the Lecherous is a, what is it called? A satyr, a, a satyr rogue right? Who thinks he's like the life of the party and that everybody likes him. And really, he's just an obnoxious git. And what he lost was his, he lost his decorum. His decorum was taken. He was a lot more polite back then. He played in session zero. The player was not able to play in the session one. So we don't have any session one stuff. Bella Sassy Pants is played by my, by my, my wonderful and beautiful wife. And she is a tabaxi cleric, a tabaxi trickster cleric, Hasn't gotten to trickster yet, but a tabaxi trickster cleric. And she lost her sense of time. Even when she uses tools, even when she has ways to try to track time, they always go bad and she loses track of time. She and and so the the WTF is a bit of a bureaucratical organization and everybody has different jobs. And somehow it ended up that Bella was responsible for gathering everybody together at the right place at the right time to go to the carnival. And everybody knew, like, don't you have terrible sense of time? Didn't you lose your sense of time there? Why? But, but it was like, well, that's the you know, do we ever vote? Yeah, we have a vote, you know, and she was voted in for that because there were like, wasn't any other positions left or whatever. And they're like, well, I guess that is the way it works. And then they they got there and she said, okay, everybody go and make sure to meet this place. And they got there and they were a week late and the carnival had already come. So they missed it and they had to wait another eight years for the carnival to come back a second time at which point one of the other characters was in charge of making sure they were all there. And then she almost missed it again. She was late to show up for it. Hysterical, right? This was all during the session zero and it was hysterical. Ori is a fairy wizard and she has lost her family and lost where her home is. She doesn't know where she's from she knows she's from the fae but she doesn't remember it right she doesn't the, it, and maybe the homeland itself has been lost we're still figuring it out and then last is the tabaxi intimidating cake intimidating cake lost uh, his cousin is is disappeared all right so so those are the those are the six characters that are part of the Witchlight light ticketless foundation i created a different sort of character page that has the character data in here so i can look it up in either a table or a gallery here's the table Right, you can look it all up, and then I also have some other. Let's see, we don't need that because that already says that, right? We have some other some other things that were I need to track. And uh, Scipio, right? You you put this together. I took all of your stuff that you had put together in here, and I stuck it in my character page, so I have it all sitting on the character page. So so great great stuff there. So that was those are the characters of the game. Then we have the we had our first session yesterday. And I'm playing it pretty straight by the book, right? We the first thing they did, they had gotten their tickets in. What there's a group of NPCs that are known as the uh, the friendly urchins. The friendly urchins are six, of The FUs. They are the they are six urchins, six six young children who have who wanted to go into the carnival but didn't have the money to do it. And the characters gave their tickets to the children so they could make their way in. And it happened in a bunch of different ways, and a bunch of different things happened, and it ended up that we now have that the the, the 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 ticketless witch light, the 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 faithful urchins. We can just call them the faithful urchins now, and these faithful urchins include Wendy, carrot root ear sniffles, and the pimp. So. Fun fun stuff there they all have reasons for these names Wendy looks like Wendy from from Wendy's carrot tried to stab the rogue with a carrot the, 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 the tried to stab the herringon. Hand wanted to hand him a carrot the Herringon was upset slash the carrot and then later carrot came up and tried to stab him with a carrot and shouted obscenities at him when he ran off uh, Root said they, they uh, when 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 the satyr Tark Tarch when Tarch came up and said so how are you, you know are your mother's about you got any you got any moms that I'd like to meet, right? And Root is like, no, actually, I was pulled right out of the earth. You know, I, I don't have any parents. And then he always says, oh yeah, I got, I, I, my mom, she'd love to meet you, right? And he became known as the pimp. So, and then Ear, in a scuffle over one of the tickets, had half of his ear bitten off by Wendy. So he became known as Ear. And Sniffles is just always sniffling and wiping, him, wiping his nose. So that's how we got to Wendy Carrot, Root, Ear, Sniffles, and the pimp. And they've been fun- npcs these these six children to throw into the operation anywhere that they've had sort of children running around the carnival i have re-skinned that with these six because the characters now have a relationship with these six and i'm hoping that that relationship continues on even when they're done with when they're done with the the first chapter so what else happened so they got their gifts that was interesting the gifts are a little the gifts didn't work out like i had hoped right one of the tricks first of all they have this whole thing of carnival events. And it's like the first thing that happens, it happens right away is where is it? Is it? Yeah. Is this timed events? Well, you know, welcome to you. It would be kind of nice if the welcome gift section that you happens right away was in the beginning of the section instead of all the way at the end. Cause it's very likely you might be many steps into it only to realize, Oh man, I should have had this gift section, but the gifts are kind of weird, right? The gifts are like, there's only like four different ones Right. And they're, they're kind of strange. And I was like, why aren't they real gifts? So I replaced them. I still had this part of it. I sort of reskinned it, but I had each of them open up into a gift that was uh, one of the trinkets uh, from the trinket list. That's in the beginning of the, that's in the beginning of it here, right? They have this great Feywild trinkets list, a hundred different trinkets that wouldn't be neat if they each got a trinket and that might have kind of a special ability with it that they could use. And that, that worked out a little bit better. It was like, a, I was kind of doing it on the fly. So it was a little rough, but it, but it sort of worked out. And then they started going and doing the rides. They headed to the east. Let's pull up a map. So they headed from the ticket booth to lost property. And that was interesting. They were kind of like, "Like we lost stuff. Let's go straight to lost property which makes perfect sense. And then the lost property the, the the displacer beast there it was fun. He was like, we lost all sorts of things and the guy says, well, I lost my father's bracelet. Can I find it? And he says, is this it? And I kept pulling up trinkets from the trinket list that were not bracelets. And like, is, this is this it? Is this it? Is this it? No. He's like, wouldn't it be easier if I just looked in there? He goes, look, I can't just let anybody look in there. You might just say, hey is that a vorpal sword? I lost a vorpal sword. And one of the kids is like, I want the the vorpal sword he's like okay here you go kid and hands him a vorpal sword and the kid goes running off into the fair with a vorpal sword and they're like all the players are like did you just give a child a vorpal sword to run around a carnival i mean yeah and, and then the the displacement is, he'll be fine he'll come back so <laughs> so they're like Oh yeah, that was my Vorpal sword. He goes, see, that's exactly what I was talking about. You're going to claim stuff that you knew was in there. So no, you can't look in the back. And then they start to realize Why? he's hiding something. Why is he hiding something? So they kind of like, ah, this guy's sinister. And then the kid comes running back, takes a swing at one of the other kids with the Vorpal sword. The Displacer Beast grabs him by the back, pulls the sword, drops the sword back in the thing and sends a kid on his way. So that was fun. It was sort of like that moment in Loki where like everybody's using the Infinity Stones as paperweights, right? So- so then they realized like, oh, that's weird. So then they went off to the, they went on dragonfly rides and that worked out really well because it was my opportunity to drop in the dwarf, which was actually the Kenku who is causing trouble during this whole thing. And that worked out really well. I used, I pretty much ran that as is, and it meant they had their first run in with the, what's it called? Kettlesteam, right? Kettlesteam is the disgruntled follower of Z- uh, Zabilna. And one of the things I did as a secret is I wanted to have clues that dropped in that made it a little bit clearer. So they saw it was a dwarf causing trouble and almost got Wendy killed, right? Wendy was one of the ones driving the dragonfly. She almost fell off one and they saved her. And then they found the dwarf and they found a black feather. And they're like, why did this dwarf have a black feather? And I want to drop in clues so that they can learn about the origin of kettle steam you know, without piece by piece, you know, and you kind of say like, what are all the possible clues they could learn? It's a good secret and clue thing, right? So, so that, that is kind of a fun way to go. And that, that worked out pretty well. Then they went to the feasting orchard. That was a bit of a mess, literally, and and in world and out of world, a bit of a mess. And I I forgot they were custard cupcakes and I just made them bowls of custard. And I said there was a two vomit limit. So like it's all you can eat, but you can only throw up twice. If you throw up twice, you're out. And so, you know, that was a little gross and I kind of probably hung on to that bit of nastiness for a little too long, but they had a contest. They made constitution saving throws. One of the guys was just sad. He's like, I'm just sitting here. Oh, they're also like the the happy sad gauge. They keep going up one and down one. So they're sitting right in the middle. Right. Really kind of, really kind of whacked. And, and they realize what's going on. They're like, you know, every time we're like doing negative stuff, it's going down. Uh-huh. And they said, okay, well, whatever, let's go down to the, the the mine, right? They wanted to go to the mystery mine down below. So they're on their way to the mystery mine. And that's when I said, okay, I'm going to roll for one of the characters. And I did. And I rolled, I forget who it was. Oh, it was uh, Timothy, Timothy Sprout the Herringon. He churned and Timothy, this is where you like tying these things together, right? Timothy lost his memories, his, his family's memories of his existence. And he lost it to Scabatha Nightshade. Well, Scabatha, this is where you have to like do some some homework, right? And be like, well, who's, you know, so Scabatha, and this is where we said, uh, who, who stole what, right? And it turned out that Sowpig is the one who stole the items from Timothy Sprout, right? And so I had to keep track of that. So then I said, like, he's walking down the way and he looks and here's this girl with his big lollipop. And I said, and then like everything slows down, right? You're like, all of a sudden your senses drop and it all slows down and you see her walking slow and she turns, and she's got this pig mask on and she smiles at you and she's got like, her teeth are kind of like rotted and falling apart. and She just kind of smiles and then turns and then disappears behind one of the tents. And he's like, I'm gone, right? And he's like, I'm following her. And right then I'm like, all of a sudden, and it was one of of the, uh, the FUs. I think it was Sniffles. Sniffles comes out and he goes, he's screaming. He's like, ah, it bit me, it bit me. And they're like, what? And he comes out and his leg's all bloody. And they're like, oh my God, what happened? And he's like, that thing. And immediately my wife's character, Bella, Bella goes over, it's like, I'm, I'm healing, I'm healing. And he's pointing. He's like, there! Look! oh my God, right? And they're like, what's going on? Point over there, oh my God. And she, you know, and I said, and all of a sudden you turn and you look and there's a giant rat and the rat is standing there Half-rotted, oily fur, big glowing red eyes. And you look and there's six of the things. And behind them is a tear in space and time. A tear that is showing a completely other world. And this world, and it's, and Falkovnia was the world. This is the domain of dread. And I said, you see... You know, rotted there's a rotted corpse of a knight lying on the other side of this rift that whose armor bursts open as the six rats come running out of it, right? They, the body was being eaten by the rats on the inside. There, behind it is a farmhouse that's exploding with zombies. Zombies are crawling out and 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 bursting out of this thing. Far off you see the fortified walls of a city, and sitting upon the edges of the city are impaled bodies impaled all around the ramparts of the city. And the whole lower part of the wall is covered with zombies trying to climb over one another to get inside. And above that is a crazy yellow sky with an uncaring white sun. A sun you have never seen before. Not here, not in the, not, not the Fey. You've never seen a sun like this before. And then they're like, holy shit. And then they immediately like, how do we close that rift? This is really bad. And I, I said, "Roland an Arcana check. And I said, this rift is completely unstable and it's going to close itself in like 18 seconds. And they're like, okay, we don't have to worry about the rift. Let's take care of these rats. And they fought the giant rats and it was fun. Right. They killed six giant rats. They cast color spray and managed to blind three of the six rats. And they hewed through one of them. The barbarian hit and one. And I did the, the rollover damage where he hit one because he was only had like two left. And I said, you do two to the first one, you do seven to the next. It kills both of them. Right. And he's like, that's cool. Right. You got to kill two rats in one shot and not really dangerous. I don't think anybody one person got bit, but it wasn't really bad. Right. But they they but they killed the giant rats. And then they saw this. And then all of a sudden the rift, they, they hear this roar and they look and they see the zombie horde is coming towards them. And they're like, oh no. And and like hundreds, you know, dozens to hundreds of zombies are pouring in to the rift. And then all of a sudden the rift slams shut and it severs the hand off of the knight who had fallen right at the rift. And I think Bella, my my wife's character, tried to like throw the arm in. She tried to hit it with a stick and instead it snapped shut and it cut the end of her staff off, right? And she looks at the end of her staff. She's like, what the hell, right? And then they see the hand there and, and Timothy grabs the hand and he does and it's glowing. And he hears these words that say for Falkovnia and he realizes they're words of power. And if he speaks them with this gauntlet, it will summon a Knight of Falkovnia, a construct of a Knight of Falkovnia. And they're like, not a zombie, right? And I'm like, nope, not a zombie, a construct. And that was their first like major magic item. And it is a, they're called the barb, the the the, the gauntlets of the Talon. It's the Talon Gauntlet of Falkovnia, right? And the, because the the the, the Falcovnian Knights are known as Talons. The Talon Fa- Gauntlet of Falkovnia. And once you can cast the spell Summon Construct. Summon Construct is a fourth level spell. It is a big spell. You summon a powerful construct spirit. It is, you know, lots of hit points, does number of attacks equal to half the spells level, Does two attacks, you know, powerful thing, right? But it can only do it once. And I had somebody ask, they, they, they said, hey, I saw you were gonna drop that. Aren't you worried about it unbalancing the game? And I'm like, it will unbalance the game. Am I worried? No. It's gonna unbalance one battle, right? And that's okay, it's fun. And it's like, you're dropping a, first of all, it's not the most obnoxiously powerful fourth level spell. I don't even think it's as good as a fireball, right? But it's not bad. And I think it's a fun way to give them a powerful item right away. And it's tied into this whole dreadful incursion thing. So then the dreadful, the the incursion slams shut and they're like, well, that's good. And the tip of of her uh, staff got cut off. The tip of Bella's staff got cut off, right? And I, I think I want to do something with that. I have an idea we're going to talk about it tonight. And they're like, oh, what the hell was that? And they go in around to one of the witch light people, oh, a bunch of like, you know, they they called like security, right? They're like security. And it's like these two guys come up with their big uh their big butterfly wings, they're like what? And they're like, we just saw a bunch of giant rats come through a portal. And it's like, rats? We don't have any rats here. What are you talking about? And like Timothy got bit. And he's like, I think I fell and scratched myself. And they're like, You were bitten by a rat. You were the one who got it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember anything. And everyone's like, we don't remember. And the character's like, No one else remembers this even happened. And they noticed that like the happiness gauge didn't change. What Did it even happen? Like we don't even know what that was, right? And that's because no one that's sort of in the fae, in the fairy realm, except the characters. I don't know why exactly. It happens and it's real. But as soon as it goes away, they can't even remember it ever happened. Right. Because the, the worlds are so alien to one another, their brains just eliminate it immediately. It's almost like false hydra kind of stuff. Right. So I thought that was really fun and that worked well. But what happened is at that moment, the players stopped trusting the carnival period. They were very happy to have the fight. It was a good way. They didn't have to worry about like, oh, we screwed up. I haven't know. It's like giant rats coming from another world. Yeah, we can go ahead and kill these things and not worry about it. But they suddenly they were like, is witch and light behind this? Like, what else is going on here? They're like, I don't know if I trust this carnival, right? And then they're like, let's go, you know where we should find out? Let's go to the mystery mine. So they go to the mystery mine. And I'm like, this place is terrible. And I said, well, you go through the mystery mine." And they went through it. And instead of using what was in the book, which can be really harsh, you get like these massive curses that can really screw you up. I lightened up the curses a bit, but I had them see three random domains of dread. And the three domains, if I can recall, were the nightmare... The nightmare lands which are really abstract weird floating bubbles with horrible things inside they saw a prison world i don't remember which one it was but a world like one of the domains that's wrapped around a great big prison and i stole this directly out of demon of, of demon souls demon souls has a whole level that's a giant prison and i was like you just see row after row after row of cells and people screaming and reaching their arms and some huge mass creature that's torturing a three armed being right and then quickly they're off to the next one and each in between each of these domains of dread that they saw there were like weird carnival things like jack-in-the-boxes or people running around with ghost suits on and then they went to one and i said you see a giant castle on a hill a giant castle on a on a cliff that drops thousands of feet and you're going across a bridge and it's this very gothic castle with gargoyles everywhere and there's a being standing on the, one of the balconies and he's looking at you and they're like is that yeah you know, i forget who they said it thought it was they're like is that like that guy and i'm like no and they're like that's strahd and they're like we're in barovia <laughs> and then it, it went into the other thing and like what the hell was that <laughs> right and they came out one character failed their save and took a level of exhaustion because i'm not a monster right they got one level of exhaustion by the fact that they saw these domains so you know i kind of like dumped the domains of dread on them really quickly right i'm not even i already had another domain of dread where the guy got a coin from the other carnival right so there's already there's like five domains of dread that I dropped in like one session which is I probably went a little heavy with it but it was only one main one where they actually fought anything the rest of it was all lore right so and I have an idea about about where I can go with that I have I have a thing about like well how come no one else if no one else can even see these how will they ever learn what they are but I think there is one person who can see them and it might be it might be cool right and that person is Ellawick Tumblestrom right, is a bard and an actual plane walker, right? And I'm a little worried that if, so I have one player who's a magic player and he will probably know who Wick Tumblestrom is. And that might be cool for him. I have other ones who might not like the idea of a magic, the gathering plane walker showing up in a DD adventure like this. I don't know. And I think I'm going to do it anyway. But the neat thing is I think she's got a an advantage, which is she can say, look, I think you've seen it. I believe you and I know what's happening because here's what's going on. Your patron, right? One of the characters is a is a, uh, a follower of uh, Zabilna, right? Z- one of the we don't know why, but for some reason, Zabilna, since her disappearance means that these worlds are colliding and there's many domains known as the domains of dread and they are starting to smash into the domains of delight, right? And if Zabilna is not brought back, we don't know if we can stop this and we think it's going to get worse. We, I don't know, we, the royal we, me and my frog, right? So, uh, Sopio says, do you worry if the planeswalkers, if you're a planeswalker, why aren't you fixing this? And she says, that's a good question and the answer is i am and you're part of that fix i can't just go do it i have to go make sure these things don't collide as bad as they are i i'm doing other plane work that you can't do because you're not a plane walker right <laughs> something like that i mean that's one i'm coming out of the top of my head so that's that's a thought about how that might go but it gives a character there's an npc that can actually help explain to them what's happening because otherwise they're gonna have to like figure it out with skill checks and stuff like that which might be okay then the answer is, do I want to reveal that? And I'm like, sure. Why don't reveal that pretty soon? Because it's so cool, all right. And my wife is already seeing me reading Domains of Dread all the time. So, so they came out of the mine. They said they're heading to go talk to Mr. Witch and Mr. Light to be like, what are you up to, right? What are you doing? And they're going to go do that. And that was where we ended. Uh, our session really fun session that the whole shifting theme kind of bothers me a little bit right a little bit i don't i don't know how i mean because there's like dark stuff in here so it's not bad and it's not like it's not like frost maiden was right it's not it's not super it's not super bad so i'm not i'm not too i'm not too worried about it but it was a good time and i'm 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 loving the adventure i'm into it right i'm i'm you know we're all good i'm giving it i'm giving it, it i give it a good thumbs up so not whimsical though i think it was whimsical they did lots of whimsical stuff they got to fly around on dragonflies and have a dragonfly chase that was definitely whimsical the kids were kind of whimsical seeing oh they, the unicorns they went and talked to the unicorns the unicorns were the gossiping unicorns and they were just dumping stuff they were like oh yeah three hags and, and like don't tell anybody we're not supposed to be talking about this but shh but there's three hags and they did some stuff and i think they've got you know and so they were telling a lot of stuff so we, we dumped a lot of secrets because of those unicorns so that that worked out really well So one of the things, I forgot to kind of mention this, but one of the things that became clear to me is how many moving parts chapter one has, right? There's a lot of variables that are moving around in this chapter that you have to keep track of. And then the example of the difficulty of that is the three thieves stole stuff from particular characters for particular hags, and I needed to go sit down and really figure out who stole what from whom, and when might they show up, and what happens if they can they catch them or you know you have to be real careful of that. and then you've got kettle kettle you know kettle bomb kettle bomb kettle bassum who, who is who are they i should really open this another tab did the whimsy outweigh the dark stuff i don't i don't know i think it was probably 50 50 i'm making that up i'll ask my wife what she thought but i think it's so that way i've got my little checklist and then i've got the actual thing here and we can close that good Probably 50 50. And I, but I'm okay. Am I, the question is, am I okay with it? And I think I'm okay with it because I don't mind having, I mean, this is, I did drop the domains of dread in here for a purpose, right? I think it was a lot at once. I think the idea that they immediately faced one domain of dread and then went into the mystery mine and, and saw three more, that was a lot of, of, you know, I went heavy with that component at the end you know but there's a lot of fun things going on and i did try to reinforce and this is one where i just instead of like making them roll checks i just said it i said like you're not sure that that thing that happened with the domain has anything else to do with the carnival right because they're like is the carnival evil i'm like i don't you don't you don't feel it right people are having fun people are having genuine fun mr light walking around with his wand you don't get any impression and when they talk to people no he cares about people he's not doing it because there's some curse or he's got to do it he cares about it, right? Scipio says, will you tend to do the incursion closer to the end of a session to keep the whimsy more? I don't know. I might not do another one in this. Um, I might not do another one in this chapter. I don't, I might, I probably won't do another one in this chapter. I'm not sure. So, but yeah, one of the things, so I talked about this, dreadful incursions and the changing of the theme. We talked about that. Lots of moving parts in chapter one. Yeah, it's just it's a lot of things to keep track of. It's a big chapter with a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff to like keep track of this. And of course it's got like the campaign tracker, which I need to fill out because holy cow. I forgot. I almost swore. So that was neat. But then we have this thing and it's like, it just, I love it because it just makes my mind go in weird places, right? And and I was thinking like, what if the queen of Falkovnia learned that there was a rift? So one of the things I've been wanting to do is like, sure, there are these rifts that are opening up domains of dread you know, to this. What if one of the dread lords becomes aware of the fact that these rifts are opening and thinks this is my chance to escape. I've been trapped in this dreadful domain. And I they're they're generally aware that they've been trapped there, right? And they don't know specifically, but they they they're trapped in these dreadful treadmills, right? And what if one of them is like I can escape, right? I can break free. And my idea was like, what if the queen of Falcovnia, the one who's trapped, like, let's 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 go pull up one of our domains of dread here. Do right, and then someone else says, and then what if the powers try to stop them? Exactly right. That this is like one of these sort of scaling, you know, powers of ten. Right, your campaign goes in powers of ten. Falco, was Falcovnia? That's eh, with an F. I can spell. There it is. Kav. Right. So this is the chapter on Falkovnia, which I really like. It's a really cool, you know, it's a really cool layer. Right. And the idea, what if, what if Vladeska is the one to discover? And I want to, what my thought was like a thing that I could do is what if I wrote a little bit of flash fiction about Vladeska coming to the site of the farm and saying, you're saying you saw a hole in the world right here. That was, you heard children laughing and green and colors that like haven't been in this world forever. And you saw some people and she said some rats got through and there were some people on the other side fighting off the rats and then the zombies were pouring in, but it's closed up before the zombies. Right. And people were happy and like eating candy corn, you know, eating, eating what they were eating, like fried elephant ears. And like, yeah. And she's like, how can that be? Right. And she goes over and she's like, look at the place. And then she looks and she finds the the tip of Bella's staff, and she's like, have you ever seen wood like this before? And they're like, I don't think so. And they're like, what the hell's going on here, right? And I think it would be this fun moment that Vladeska is beginning to realize there's something going on and it might be her escape, right? Already, like, why not? When you have a fun idea like that, I could wait and say, oh, I'll do that later in the campaign. Or could be like, no, I'm doing it right the F now, right? So then we have like our plans for next week, right? What goes on next week? I thought for funsies, we would go ahead and generate a, I mean, it's a week away, right? I've got days and days and days. What do I want to have happen in the next game? What are some of the things that I think would be fun? So we already reviewed the characters, but just kind of getting them in mind again. We have Ori, the fairy wizard, Bella, sassy pants, the, the tabaxi cleric. We have Timothy Sprout, the herringon rogue. We, I'm trying to do it without looking. We have Kolshek. I looked. I cheated. Kolshek, the, the tiefling barbarian. We have intimidating cake, the tabaxi rain. Re- not, he's not a ranger. He's a bard. And we have uh, Tarch, Tarch, the satyr rogue, right? Hey, I got half of those without looking. So are there, are there character things that should happen here? Things that I think are really important to yank on uh, right now. One of the things is I think is most is the most aware or is the wizard right Ori is the most aware that things are happening right that that about the incursions right sundry says at least five more incursions to underline the grim dark theme yeah that's why i think i'm gonna hold back i think there's enough stuff for them to chew on now there's enough things other than walking around going to rides right there's enough of a story for them to chase i don't think i need another incursion and i think it'll be more fun to bring in those incursions uh later right bigger incursions later so i'm not too worried about doing that now so those are the characters is there anything so ori bella timmy cake i don't know that i mean i don't know that there's any characters so one will be if tarch comes back the idea that tarch comes back playing his flute and in his mind, he's got a whole bunch of beautiful women that are following him. And in reality, it's a bunch of a bunch of mice that are following him instead. Because I rolled a, on the random encounter thing, and it was a satyr comes by, trailing a bunch of mice. I was like, hey, one of our characters is a satyr and the player's not here. Wouldn't it be funny if he was doing it? So I think that that would be a, a fun thing to do. So maybe we'll we'll drop that in our we'll drop that as our strong start. Right, Tarch leads a bunch of uh, mice to the characters octane says maybe you could occasionally use the incursions as an end of a uh, end of a season session cliffhanger yeah absolutely you can use it wherever you want right now i, I wanted to just like, drop it in at the right moment where i think it would be fun so yeah but yeah of course you can you can sort of drop them in wherever they go i do want to have so is there any other strong start we don't want to have like again we just had a bunch of downward beats right so I don't think we want to have a bunch of downward beats, but we want to have kind of happy stuff happening. I don't know if there's any other timed events. I mean, you could do like one of the random encounters, right? Oh, one of the other things I'd like to do tonight is get a list of the right domains of dread. Which domains of dread do I think will be fun to bring in so that I can add them to kind of like my, my random list when I wanna bring in a domain of dread? Mice dressed, dressed up as Cinderella. That'd be kind of funny. Any other, let's see, we can bring, kill these. Nunchaku size for a pixie or sprite. That's pretty funny. There are the random encounters of this place and it might be fun to kind of, and, and what I might do is, is take a look at those and steal, just steal one directly. All right, I think that's in the carnival overview. Two girls in face paint, lion in a heart squabble over a painted wooden crown that their mother wanted to stall, Sadder with red and white striped horns. That was the one where procession of dancing rodents. Elf Stiltwalker tosses color- colorful sugary treats down into children who pass by. Painted sign of an elf wearing a jester's hat brings to life. We hope you're having a delightful evening. Dragonfly swoops overhead and its rider spills a drink over a group of witch light hands. Um, it might be fun if a dragonfly swooped overhead and somebody dumped. Is that a downward beat, getting a drink dumped on you? Probably. With a puff of glitter, a man's head suddenly turns into the head of a brain donkey to the giggling, of mis- the giggling delight of a group of mischievous pixies. A giant singing flower bursts from the ground and serenades passersby. A lively jig springs up, led by a troop of gnomish clowns. Those are all right. I tell you, if somebody would make a great product, having 50 such scenes in your, would be, you know, 50 such scenes would be, would be a good time. I don't see, a, is there a goblin one in here? I didn't see a goblin. Uh, I kind of like that a giant flower bursts and begins to sing a song. That's a little silly, though. You want something that's kind of fun, right? Yeah, the PCs grow pixie wings. See, that's better, right? Christopher Scratch, you've got it, right? What if they all, like, somebody ran by and threw dust all over them, and suddenly all of them turned into pixies, right? And get it gets a short moment, like for one minute, they're all flying around as pixies. That would be a fun, that's a fun start, right? So someone, uh, a nearby, a dragonfly flies by. Why don't we combine a couple of these, right? And someone dumps a ball of glitter on the characters, says, sorry, as they turn into pixies. Literal pixie dust, right? That's fun. So what are some of the scenes that we have? So we have the, you know, a Tarch comes back. We have Pixie Dust. The characters are gonna make their way, right? Meet, so they have to meet Burley and Thacko, right? Then the characters meet Mr. Witch and Mr. Light. Then the potential heist, more rides, I don't think, I really, I think I'm gonna hold back on any more incursions. And then the, the big, the, the, the crowning, right? And then Mr. Witch and Mr. Light give the characters access to Prismere, right? I also want them somewhere in here, maybe in the potential like meeting, what's her name? Tumblestrom, right? Meeting Elwick Tumblestrom. I think those are the big things, right? Uh, there, there could be like chasing one of the thieves into the Hall of Illusions, right? Isn't that one of the things that can happen? What, so, so for those of you who have played Witchlight, what to you are the scenes that really have to happen, both in the sense of like, you're missing out if this doesn't occur and you really need this in order for the game to continue? Right? I don't know that there's anything that I've read where I'm like, you really want this to happen. You know, a lot of things, a lot of things have already happened, and I think that those have worked out well. So I'm I'm very curious if there's any others. Secrets and clues, the things that they could discover in the next game. What are the things that they can discover? Prismere and the domains of dread are colliding. These are opening up temporary rifts to these dark worlds and it's getting worse what else prismir one of the domains of delight has been separated from the domains of dread i want to say somehow and for some reason What's her name? Who's the, who's our, who's our the main lady, the main important lady in which light? Zabilna. Do I have a card for Zabilna? I thought I had a card for Zabilna. Z-Y-B. Ah. Zabilna has kept Prismere from colliding with the, from colliding with the domains of dread. She is the only Archvey who can do it. She is the only archfey who even knows it's a problem. So that's kind of cool, right? That's because it's, we know who she actually is. What other interesting secret of this could there be? Is there anything else that we need to know there? Probably not. What other secrets, Mr. Witch and Mr. Light gay traded their own grim carnival in the plane of shadow in exchange for the witch-like carnival, which they much prefer. Mr. Oh, and so there's the obvious secrets, right? The three that the, the they, they know about the coven now, right? The hourglass coven has three thieves who operate in the carnival stealing items from those who enter without a ticket. Mr. W and Mr. L. We'll just call them WL, right? We're gonna let the thieves operate without getting in the way. They themselves have a pact with the hourglass coven. That is a good one. Any other, these are important secrets that the characters could learn in their next game. That's five. And there's all the little secrets of the carnival itself. Oh, the thieves use a portal hidden away in the Hall of Mirrors to travel to and from Prismere. W.L. has the power to open it and let travelers through. Though they have a pact with the Hourglass Coven, Witch and Light are happy to help the characters, particularly if this rumor of colliding worlds is true and can be stopped. I think, so I think Mr. Witch and Mr. Light might be more willing to believe it because they actually come from the plane of shadow. They know about the Domains of Dread, right? And they, you know, they think they even know somebody who's there, right? So they, they, I don't, they might be able to see it, but I'm not sure. Hey, step back, history is here. Welcome. This combination of the dread domains and fake carnival reminds me of "Are you afraid of the dark?" Yeah, there's a lot of like scary carnivals, which is why my players jumped into that. There's so much stuff that you could do with this. They, they kind of assume it's that way, right? Instead of just pure whimsy. That is seven, right? I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let's do three more. And we have our secrets. Other secrets that they could pick up that would they could learn about the three origins of the three hags or locations of the three hags, right? So, what are those? Let's let's take a look, right? Because that's that's three secrets right there, and those are big ones and they're important. So, where are the hourglass, hourglass coven, right? Bavlorna, she, where where does Bavlorna operate? Bavlorna is she in, where's her location? Bavlorna is the hag of hither, right? And she operates. So let's see. In a, yeah, here we go. And then what is it? It's a settlement of bullywugs, right? So Bavlorna, Bryce operates out of hither and resides in a kingdom of bullywugs known as Downfall. Is that, a, is that too early to drop that secret in? Like, is that something they're going to learn in chapter one? Or is it fine that they learn the locations of these, the, the location, the, the, they, they learn the names and the locations of the three hags, right? So downfall, loom lurch, granny, is, is it granny nightshade? Is that what she's known as? Scabathon nightshade resides in thither, and in a twisted workshop, in a twisted workshop card of the interior gigantic oak, oak tree known as not Falkovnia. And then finally, the final hag is, resides in Yon, in a mountain, at a mountaintop. Is it a fortress? Uh, in a theater atop the highest mountain known as Motherhorn, right? They learn about downfall quickly in chapter two when they meet Sir Taliver at the Slanty Tower. So the, the, the fact that they might learn about this, I think that's fine. Those, those are kind of pretty heavy secrets, but I think that that works. Fantastic locations, I'm covered. The books the books got that covered. so I'm, I don't have to worry about about fantastic locations. NPCs, we have Elowick. We have the urchins, the faithful urchins. Obviously, Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, are there any other NPCs that they need to run into who aren't obvious? Obviously, like Thacko and Burley. It's important that Burley's secret is important, right? Burley lost his brother somewhere in... They met Diana Coppington. They've already met her. Burley lost his brother somewhere in... What's it called? Somewhere in Prismere. So I think that those, those are fine. The rest, the rest are there. Uh, I'm not going to worry about monsters because they just they just fought giant rats. Who needs to have fight monsters after you just had the joy of fighting giant rats? Treasure, I'm going to cover that. I'm going to cover that as well. So I think, you know, I think this is pretty good, right? I don't need to prepare nearly as much because the book covers a lot, right? And we already kind of into it, so it's it's really good. Eight plus three secrets on point with the theme. Eight plus three secrets exactly. So one last thing I thought would be fun is I want to, I want to come up with my list of the cool domains, right? So we're gonna do a thing here, cool domains of dread. And we're gonna number these so that we can roll a die on them. So my thought is there are some domains that I think work well for dreadful incursions. And then some that I'm like, either I just don't dig them or they, they need too much. You know, you, you really have to go there and spend a lot of time there. To understand it there's some there where it's like you know things that are about like parties not really that interested in it you know or or lots of court drama not really that interested in it as much as like the crazy the crazy lands right so we definitely have barovia right that one's a good one blutespur uh blue yeah blutespur is the oh that's cool i can i can i can highlight this and when I paste it in here, it gives me a link. So then, if I click on that, it goes right to it. Wow, like magic! The internet is magic. Blutspur is the weird ass mind flayer one, and I like it. Borka. I think Borka was one of the ones. Desire and deceit. This is this one didn't grab me, right? This is the like. There's two, right? It's the brother and the sister. Yeah, nah. Right, that's in gravity. The carnival, yes, because the carnival, I believe, isn't that the one that's tied to the witchlike, the witchlike carnival? I think it. I think they're connected, right? This, the 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 woman that owns the carnival is the uh, the woman that owns the carnival is the one who gave the witchlike carnival to witch and light. Darkon looked really cool, right? You know, Virgin destruction. This is the one where it used to have a dark lord, and Aslan Rex used to be here. And now it's falling apart. So I like that one. That's a, that's a fun thematic, thematic place. Dementaloo, masquerade, social decay, boring. I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but I don't think it's it's not one that you would use like as a dreadful incursion. So I'm gonna skip that one. Falkovnia, of course. I, I think Falkovnia might be the main one that I use. I, I like the idea that Falk. I like I like it. it. It grabs me and it's cool. It's different and unknown and and sort of alien, but but also familiar. And I think that that will be a cool one to drop into. That, that might be the main one, right? Harakalir. Oh yeah, this is sort of uh, Egyptian-y old tombs and mummy lords. Sure, love it. Grab that one, drop that one in. Haslan. Domain doomed by magic. I believe there's an archmage, right? That rules over this one. This dude, like, Yeah, so we like that one. So we're going to do Haslan. Icath. ICATH I think is the Chinese, the sort of Chinese one. That's a little, I don't know. I'm a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'm I'm gonna throw that one in there. Calicurry. Domain of be- revenge and betrayal. Nah. Too normal. I don't want one that appears. There's a couple are like, oh, it appears like a normal place. Like, I don't want one that appears like a normal place. I want crazy ones. Uh Domain of Tarnished Dreams. Yeah. You know, when it says like, it has no unifying government. Well, boring, who cares? Settlements pride themselves in per- performative traditions. Eh, that sounds like a nice place. Lamordia, La domain of snow and stitched flesh. I think that could be okay, right? I think we could do. The funny thing about Lamordia is Lamordia sounds like the 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 place in Blades in the Dark. <laughs> you almost have like the world from Blades in the Dark in there. Mordant, domain of the haunted haunted mansions it's a little too close to rat to, to barovia i think so i yeah i don't i don't think it quite that that grabs me Richard em if i'm making mistakes by the way and you think like oh those are really cool disease isolation and wear rats that's kind of cool like what imagine a whole place where like the whole thing is were rats right and they have like their own statues of wear rats and wear rat gods and stuff sure i'm, I'm in on that Tepest, nature's cruel secrets, fay bargains. So the the the, the thing about Tepest is it's a little too close to the fay itself, right? And I don't want one that is it, that that is not in that is not indistinguishable from the fay. And they might just go, oh, that's like the unseelie place. Like, eh, is that really a different? I don't uh, I don't know. So I'm not I don't think I'm digging Tepest. Valachan, domain of the hunter, gothic horror yeah and, and like the funny thing is like i just said that like Tapest doesn't work but valachan does i think it might though I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw valachan in there the idea of a land of hunted sire 1313 the morning railroad that that would be pretty cool because the characters have actually been to the Land. so seeing that would be pretty cool forlorn that's the place where the vampire the the vampire kind of boring Or well, not boring but i got you know i don't know i've already got barovia hedonists popular among careers created mortality. A lot of these domains are about people, and I need stuff that's uh, that's has a very distinctive place. That one doesn't do it. Genia, uh, Gehenna. That's funny. Violent storm. Rocky land. From Star- man. Nvidia. Nvidia. Like the video card. That's about people. Keening. Oh, chlor. Chlor is awesome. I dig chlor. Chlor is the end of the war. <laughs> the end of the universe. <laughs> right. It's like. By the way, this is the first time that copy and pasting links actually worked well for me. But yeah, check out Chlor, right? Chlor is Chlor is the end of worlds. Shattered islands drift through a, a misty netherworld caught in swirling spiral ends in an inignorable burning eye called Chlor. Thirteen stars orbit the sunlight. That, that, now we're talking, right? That's fantasy. That's big stuff. Holy cow. I love it, right? So Chlor, you know, go with Chlor. Markovia, is this the island of Dr. Moreau? Yeah, not really. Nightmare, the Nightmare Lands, that works. We already used that one. And I think I am gonna throw Nightmare Lands in there. I hope to get to at least 20. Uh, if, if there's 20, I'm good, because I'm kind of hosed otherwise. Naranjan. Island Chain, need one with cult. I think all these could have cults. I don't see anything there that's real that that's real identifiable yeah it's another place that's mostly people not places oh uh, dare the the evil the lair of evil toys again like you'd think that would be great but it's so close to like the kind of thing you'd find in the fae anyway i don't know the Rider's bridge headless rider again it's sort of like the land itself is kind of normal uh big music hall nah Scanny but the sea the sea of sorrows is badass right? I like the Sea of Sorrows a lot. It actually has sort of a bigger listing. If you go to the Sea of Sorrows, it's got a longer listing. The Shadowlands, still kind of too close to, there's, there's no kind of, you know, identifiable place. The prisons, the Swamp Prison, this one they saw. Uh, Surgarain, right? I like that one. I don't think I can get into 20. Staunton Bluffs. Faceless mercenary regimes, countryside of Staunton Bluffs, burning villages, killing helpless residents. Yeah, this one's a little close to, but I think it's okay. I think it's enough. It's different enough. I hope all four of these are good because if the remaining ones are good, then I'm well, I'm going to be missing one. Tovag uh, by Cass. This is kind of cool. But what does this place look like, right? I, this, I like this story because it's Cass versus... Vecna, but there's nothing that describes the place very much. Right. Manufacture bizarre war machines. I mean, maybe, I guess there's just so, so little text that actually describes the place, the VAGE agency, a detective agency, it's hysteria, that one doesn't, that one doesn't create grab me either. So, so that's kind of a problem. I have 17. <laughs> and I need 20. I need three more. or I could just you know eh, whatever I can do a random one with just 17. That's fine. But I think that these places I don't they don't need to be all bolded. I think that that's a pretty cool list of the places that I would want to see. So I, I, I one thing I could do is do I want to knock these 17 down to 12, which are the best 12, right? Yeah, Sunjammer brings up the same thing. So let's carve this down to, to 12 and then I think we're going to call call the show call the show a day. I think we've I think we've done we've done some good work here tonight. So Barovia, sure, because it's because it's got I like Barovia because it's recognizable. Blutspur, I like because it's crazy alien stuff. The Carnival, that might be one. I'm gonna put a star next to that one. I can't put a star next to it. Apparently, I'll put a dash. No, look how it keeps screwing everything up. There it goes. That might be one I might yank. Uh, Darkon. What was Darkon again? The Domain and the Brink of Destruction. I did like this one. Sort of a world falling apart, right? That one's okay. Falcovnia, yes. Harakir, yes. Haslin, the Spellcaster one. I kind of like that. Lamordia, I, I could do without this one, I think. I think we'll yank Lamordia. Richemulot, Disease, Isolation, Were-Rats. I like that one. Valachan. Domain of the Hunter. I could probably, I could I could kill that one. Sire 1313, ah, I, I, you know, I, I like that one. I think we'll keep that. Chlor, was Chlor the really, Chlor was a place I absolutely adored. So definitely gonna keep Chlor. Nightmare Lands. Yeah, we're gonna keep the Nightmare Lands. Sea of Sorrows, yes. Sorgorine, this is the prison one. I don't know, I might yank the prison one. Staunton Bluffs, I think Staunton Bluffs was the one that was too close to, yeah. Staunton Bluffs is too close to Falkovnia, so we'll kill that one. We'll kill Sorgorine. we'll kill Valachan, and we'll kill the carnival, right? I think they they might run into the carnival some other way, but I think it'd be confusing if they have a rift that opens up to another carnival, and besides like what evil stuff are gonna come through. So I like this list. I think this is a strong list of the coolest domains of dread. Did anybody feel like I made a terrible mistake and that some, one of these on here should be yanked in, in order to add one of the other ones that we looked at. I got to say, and while we're waiting for that answer, one of the things that was really clear to me is I think that Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, I think is the best book that Wizards of the Coast put out last year right? It is an outstanding book. I think it's my, it's, it's really a excellent, you know, it's an excellent, excellent uh, book. I really, really like it. So yeah, can't believe a what if one to 20 article you posted, my adrenaline is pumping just reading it. Oh yeah. That's the, the one to 20 adventure where there are no heroes and every, all the bad things happen. I'm glad you dug it. That was, that was, that was great fun to write. I think we're all set. I want to thank, uh, I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me tonight on this Thursday night while I talked about my witch-like game. I tried to give it, uh, do a little extra for this show because I'm not going to be doing this regularly. So it'll probably be like every other session. Once or twice a month is probably how often I will do this show because I, I don't have a lot of time and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fit in a, a third hour is, is hard, but I really hope you enjoyed the show tonight. If you did, you can help me out in four ways. You can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. You can support me directly on Patreon. You can subscribe to my videos on YouTube or you can pick up any of my books. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with me tonight. It's been a great pleasure. I hope you enjoyed it and get out there and play some d d